Welcome to That Happens, the podcast where we are doing things a little bit differently today. How you doing, Kevin? Haha, <laughs> just kidding. Kevin's not here. That's right, folks. Today is a little bit special. It's it's a bit, you know, things are special. Why is it special? Uh, it's a special period in time where the elemental plane of fire has become what we call coterminous with the material plane, which means fire elementals and other beings from the fire plane can cross over into our world. And similarly, we can cross over into theirs. So uh, Kevin is on an expedition to check out how uh, local volcanoes in the hopes of being able to cross over and trade with the Ifrites. Uh, so today we're actually going to do things a little bit different. We're going to steal something to play for you from YouTube. I was recently on a friend of mine. Uh, Mira Manga is her name on YouTube. Uh, I was on her YouTube channel. She interviews people. Um, you know, she it's a uh, hmm. What would she want me to say if I had to ask her what she wanted me to say about how I introduced her and she responded to that question, what would she say? Perhaps her name is Mira Manga on YouTube. That's M-I-R-A-M-A-N-G-A on YouTube. And it's her dream to interview the creators that inspire her, especially if they're dungeon masters or sci-fi fantasy authors. Uh, she's had Dan Abnett and Graham McNeil on there. Uh, she likes interviewing people and just talking about cool nerd shit. She's awesome. It was great talking to her. Had a blast. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, we, you know, no normal show but check this out hopefully it's good and you like it you know and mira's awesome you should check out her channel um you know we're gonna have her on the podcast soon as long as we can make it work uh you know so uh, look forward for that uh look forward for that jesus christ uh but yeah i mean i'm self-destructing so i'm gonna hand it over to mira so take it away enjoy the episode Everybody, uh, I would like to introduce the amazing Spencer Crittenden. Welcome, Spencer Crittenden. <laughs> Hello. How's it going? What's up? It's good. It's good. So, a little bit of my story is I started doing a YouTube channel where I talk to people about my favorite things. So, recently I spoke about a game called Mordheim. I was trying to learn about it. It's a Warhammer skirmish game. And then I got a bit deep into the Grimdark. But my first love is D&D, &D, and you are my favorite DM in the whole world. Would you like to know why? 
<laughs> why? Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much. I have a list. Oh, um, no. Why Spencer is my favorite. Um, you're brave and you inspire me to rock up and run D&D because we all saw you running up on stage at Harmontown. So you invented the rock up and run. So now I like I kind of try and volunteer if there's people needing one. Mm -hmm. You figure out what players want to do and let them do it by saying that happens. <laughs> and uh, you have the Spencer dance, which I pull out often. <laughs> Wow. And um, there was one thing where I just realized, like, okay, Spencer's going to be my favorite, is you were recording Harmontown, and you were challenged to just invent monsters on the spot like this. <laughs> like the tooth monster, and you were like, bam, I have one. Like the monster that's made out of seashells, and you kind of had one. Yeah. So that's, that's why you're my favorite dungeon master. <laughs> I th that yeah when I was doing the improvised monsters and stuff I feel like that was maybe the height of my powers I don't know if I'm quite yeah. on what, my game uh, that much anymore you know what arcane powers were you tapping into to receive those monsters just it's we it's a, a, like performing is a really weird thing that I never really had done before and it was like it was like i don't know it was like a very magical time from the harmontown tour you know obviously i wasn't on i wasn't on the podcast for very long before they went on the tour mm -hmm. you know and that i think happened on the tour and so it was just this really weird experience where i'm like you know trying to learn to perform and also like on the tour i was on the show a lot more than before because basically they kind of would bring me up just as they were going to start like the D D or something and that was it yeah. so i wouldn't really be an on-stage kind of presence or whatever uh -huh. but you know they on the tour they didn't really have too much to do because we would just do so many shows it's not like that's the thing as a podcast you kind of got to live life between recordings because otherwise it's like well what do you talk about you know I right. nothing happened you know <laughs> so <laughs> unless you have like a topic but you know so they were like well we don't have anything we just were on a bus so like let's get spencer out here and so you know it was a completely different like performing dynamic that was it was really weird but you know people were really enamored with me which was a really weird thing uh never happened in my life you know weird thing to adjust to and then so like performing and seeing people like liking you and stuff it was just very strange and so i think it was this very very weird kind of mix of like just trying to figure stuff out and yeah you know being really supported and stuff and I, yeah. it's, I definitely feel like so much more dead than then, you know, so I think like, you know, there's you feel so much more dead than them. Yeah. I just feel like old, you know, and dying, you know, like, I mean, I'm, I'm really, <laughs> I mean, I relate. Yeah, we, yeah. yeah. It's something happens like that youthful spirit. And then you're like, Oh, okay. Now, now we are at the end of the mortal coil. Um, so yeah, yeah. really, I gotta buy um, cat food, you know, yeah. <laughs> domesticity. What yeah. can you do? Like the daily grind. Um, <laughs> so I guess, uh, so part of my channel is explaining what D and D is. Mm -hmm. Although if people are watching this, they love D and D let's be honest. Sure. Yeah. So if you were going to, you're going to have to just bear with me as I go through my very preschool question. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you were going to explain Dungeons and Dragons to someone who never played it before, or you're trying mm -hmm. to like bring them in, do you have like, what would be your like pitch well okay so i think i i'll preface this by saying that i think it's uniquely kind of difficult to explain D, D in an effective way i think if you were like explaining to someone just to get a story across or whatever you could get there but if you're trying to pitch as if to say i don't know i don't know what D, &D is 
convince me I should play D&D with you sometime <laughs> in the you know near future. You know, that is like a really complicated and different thing than just functionally, oh, dice, etc. You know, um, and and so that's a really hard question. I, I think for stuff like <laughs> I that, I, I think that Harmon Quest is actually really great because you could just kind of show someone an episode of Harmon Quest and be like, look, see, okay, so there's these people, they're sitting, they're having fun, you know, it's a game, but it's like you're also just hanging out and having fun making jokes and you know you can see that happening on the stage so i think harman town's really or harman quest really great because it's short it's not like a lot of other presentations of D D um are like really long and they have setup so it's like how do you get into it to the point where you can start seeing what I'm talking about right whereas harmon quest i think you get into really but so that's just all a preface which is a really hard issue but if i'm trying to if i'm trying to pitch someone on DD, i'd say like DD is <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> like um hanging out with your friends and also it's kind of like playing pretend as a kid um where you know you're acting out as different characters and you're saying i do this you know or whatever but there's rules to it and and a world that kind of keeps it from just being like you can't kill me i'm invincible so as a result <laughs> you're playing this interesting fantasy story and and doing fun magical fantasy stuff and you're hanging out with your friends and having a good time and laughing and yeah. uh you know it's it's it, you can take it seriously you don't have to take it seriously but it's 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 a fun time with your friends kind of like a poker night but what you're doing is kind of halfway between improvising and playing a weird kind of uh theatrical war game or something you know yeah. um which i could probably refine it but that's that's off the dome kind of because i i think again that's like good it, i'm in i'm in yeah that's what i like about harmon quest is i think it sells you on the poker night i think without that i think you're like it's just guys tracking stat sheets and a book and dice like it's like what yeah. it's like no you're hanging out you're having beers or whatever there's chips you know it's like yeah, yeah, joking yeah. with your friends like that's a huge part of poker night you know and so uh, yeah i'm a i'm a bad player i if there's any way i can skid around the rules and be like i could role play or sing around this i will do that <laughs> but we can come yeah. on to this i have a section on bad players um <laughs> so could we talk about baby spencer and mm -hmm. your first interaction with D and D, do you remember it? I don't know. There's, I have a, I have a number of initial impressions, and I'm not sure exactly which hit first. Okay. So there's, there's kind of three stories. One in about fourth grade, someone just happened upon a, a monster manual, and they might have had the other books, but we were like, clearly there's something here. Let's play D and D, but we didn't have the other books, so we're like, well, I guess we'll just be monsters. And so we were essentially playing D and D with monster stat blocks. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was fun because you know I, I like monsters and I don't like humanoids so much, so it was great. I'm like, I'm gonna lose now you know it's like we're being oh. news. yeah and so it's just fun <laughs> to be monsters and um and so that was like the that was that iteration and and that kind of grew out of reading fantasy books like uh the red wall series and stuff so i think that kind of inspired our fourth grade uh fantasy and lord of the rings obviously um so that's that story another story is when i was really young um probably around that same age i don't know exactly because it's it's social life or it's family life i was at a thanksgiving with my cousins and one of my cousins was like let's play D D," and we rolled up a druid and i had good berry and it was third edition and we i don't know if we actually played we might have just rolled characters but we might have just barely started i know we didn't like get anywhere but i was mm -hmm. like i got good berry i'm good to go i'm eating oh. berries and healing you know and i was like okay so then i feel like that might have been the legit first D 
D thing. I just yeah. remember Goodberry Druid. I don't. I see skills. I don't know what's going on. I that don't is remember. Such a pure yeah. memory. The Druid with the Goodberry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it could have just been character because you know you just set up character sheets and then it's like let's go eat Thanksgiving dinner and then it's time yeah. to go home and then it's like oh okay. <laughs> um, and then the other one is my friend. My next door neighbor was my best friend growing up and for most of you know my younger life. Um, and he was really nerdy and his older brother was really nerdy and his older brother had star wars role-playing um books and so in this also i can't place this in time relative to the the thanksgiving but this also might have been before the dnd i just don't associate it because star wars and it's playing oh. pretend so yeah, it's yeah. not like i was like oh dnd role-playing this is an established thing but i remember making some sort of like it was the guy there's like these guys that look like hammerhead sharks in like yes, star wars yeah, I, I, I had yeah i had a star wars character like that who he was a mechanic and he he can like repair repulsor vehicles or something <laughs> and so we played very briefly uh, as that i think i had like a pet alien or something um that was like oh. one of your character sheet you could have a pet alien <laughs> And so like so we didn't get very far in that either but i remember doing that and i just remember like i have all these skills that are like repulsor repair skills <laughs> they're great for <laughs> like jet engines and star wars spaceships <laughs> i'll be great at fixing these or something it never came up <laughs> but we didn't so get very cool. far in that either but well, i'm pretty I can't sure remember. somebody in the comments will tell us what that alien is called the name of the spaceship <laughs> you had the name of the alien that you got so Wonderful. Yeah, I remember that the archetype, like it was in the book that you could kind of pick the archetypes. I think those were like classes, but they might have been a bit different than classes. But the the archetype was cynical scout, is what it was called. Amazing. From yeah. Goodberry Druid to cynical scout, it <laughs> happens. Um, so I was doing a little bit of research, and there's one story about that you say where you played in college, and then D and D made you feel bad, so you stopped for a bit. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, could you tell me one? Uh, one occasion how D&D made you feel bad and then one occasion where D&D made you feel really good you don't have to answer that I don't want to take you yeah no it's all good I'm just trying to think of like the thing is you know D&D is a social game and as right. a result how it plays out is a reflection of the social dynamics already at play or it can distort and change and, and kind of pervert those but you know it's it's playing it's social so it's playing off of social dynamics you know i had a podcast where people would say like how do i have this problem and this problem and we found out like turns out that dnd is a social game so the answer is not clear because it's a social answer and a social answer is going to depend a lot on norms your group dynamics a lot of things you know your relative power in your group you know like all sorts of things like you know you might have to be tactful you might be able to be like this is crazy you know who knows but <laughs> it's so it's hard giving blanket statements without knowing but as a as a social game you know the social dynamics kind of kind of have problems but uh but so what would happen was for a long time i was the only dm in our friend group and then we started getting more friends and playing in more games and stuff um but i would basically not get invited to be a player in a game unless i was the dm already so it's like i was dming for years and then finally other people are dming and so it's like great i can actually play you know and then it's like well i'm not even <laughs> then i can't get into any of these games and mm -hmm. it's like man it's always so much work i would always burn out as a dm like i i like uh I, you know i'm a figure in the community i am uplifted and stuff but in my real life dnd &D experiences i burn out pretty fast and early 
and our games end up being pretty like limited compared to a lot of other experiences. You know, I know that's common too, but yeah. But so it happens a lot, um, and so that would happen a lot to me. And um, you know, maybe that's why people don't like it. I don't know, but so <laughs> I wouldn't get invited. And then the rare times I would get invited, um, it would just not be very fun. Like mm. the two ways it wasn't fun is. Uh, one way was there was a player that was basically the main character of the quest and he had a lot more magic items than everybody and he had like sure. abilities on top of that and it, the story was bent on him and he had like NBCs at his disposal and it was just <laughs> like what is going on like who it was, are you like, driving how is yeah, this happening yeah and first of all it's like I'm fine if on his turn he's doing max damage and it's like okay I'm just gonna cast shield or something like that's one thing but it's like why does everyone care so much like he has to dominate so much percentage of time that we're all spending it's like that you can be crazy awesome and still take up your you know because dnd is like a, a pie chart where hopefully everyone gets the, the 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 piece they want you know it doesn't necessarily have to be an equal piece but it's the piece they want if they want a small piece they should get it you know um but you know they're taking up oh my cat's throwing up <gasps> oh boy oh no i'll have to clean that up well, that's Jason. The, you know, the perils of live performance, you know, where it might be in my, well, the, I feel this like never happened before Zoom. Jason wanted that piece of the pie chart and we have to give that. So. Yeah. But, uh, so that was just a really weird experience, obviously. Um, and I don't think that's too common, but maybe that happens. But the other one was just that there would be a lot of just boring combat that was very mm -hmm. samey. Like I remember one time we fought. A pretty standard construct without like much to say in his abilities and it was in like a 30 foot square room and then we we beat him and went to another 30 foot square room and fought an identical oh. construct and we did a, a third time and it was just like three hours and i'm like <laughs> what, what what why any of this this isn't none of like i mean i i, I, I have pray, to i pray that you were in fifth and not fourth at that time it was in fourth no it oh. wasn't fourth um which is like uh, which i i like fourth more than other people maybe less than my the rest of my group but you know i i think we we gave fourth a pretty good shake when it came out yeah um but, but doesn't like combat is it more crunchy and more extended in fourth or? yeah and it just wasn't interesting like it wasn't it just wasn't it wasn't like the monster wasn't being interesting it was just yeah, not yeah. dying it's the monster like, was not sassy <laughs> enough <laughs> we're just this is so boring it's just and so like uh, uh yeah and so uh, i don't know and and I, so i wouldn't get invited to games and then sometimes when I, the few times when i would it would just be a real bummer and so i'd be like well and this sucks like and so i was just like i'm i'm just i'm i'm done it makes me feel bad when i think about yeah. it i'm not gonna think about it <laughs> okay so side question mm -hmm. if you're feeling bad at the table and you're bummed out like can people tell or do you do like the sulky teenager? Do you go quiet? Do you go on your phone? Well, I go quiet. Oh, another bad thing about the group is they would get rip fucking drunk, including the DM, and then it would just <laughs> nothing would happen. Oh, um, no. But but so okay. Um, so I wouldn't get quiet. Well, I would get kind of quiet, but I would. I think I had a pretty good, you know, poker face or whatever. I don't think I would let on. But the way I would let on is people would go be all like okay now it's time to take the weed break after everyone's already really drunk okay. everyone would smoke for like 30 minutes come back in and then drink a lot more 
And then everyone was just fucking gone. And I think <laughs> like maybe they'd wait an hour and try and get back to it and play like a really drunken thing. But it's like it's basically going to be two hours until like anything happens and maybe it's done. And so when that would happen, I would usually be like, all right, I'm going to take off. And I think they took that really personally, which I, you know, that's my bad, whatever. But I that's think they're so like, bad. oh, Spencer doesn't like hanging out with us. And I was like, no, I don't like playing D&D, but everyone can't play D&D because everyone's trashed. And then also the D&D sucks outside of that, too. It's just like, I'm just going to go home and go to bed. I don't want to stay up until four in the morning doing this right now because I don't drink. And if you're same, not drinking, same. everyone else is drunk. It just sucks. Like, especially if it's like I'm trying to play D&D and they're like, yeah, I'm drunk. Everyone's <laughs> like, I thought something really funny. I'm going to do this. And you're like, oh, this isn't funny. You're ruining a campaign we've worked nine months on. So yeah, I, but yeah. at the same time, you know, I probably could have handled it better than just like ghosting them because, you know, I don't know. I, I did a lot of Irish goodbyes at parties and stuff, and I never took it very serious, but I think it can, it can make people feel bad. And I don't think I considered that adequately. And so that could have been why I didn't get like invited very much or something like, who knows? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I was the... doing stuff back. Who knows? I'm not trying I'm, to be I'm loving. There. I'm loving your self-reflection, but I would yeah. like, to, I'm not a priest, but I'd like to absolve you because some people who get like bummed out at a table can like tip the table or like foul up everyone else's play. Okay. That's the thing I just like all just get out of here, get out of your hair. Like it just, it felt like the right move. That was a good thing. It was like, the right decision. So I am absolving you with none of no priestly power. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, and then well, could you tell me about a good or really positive, like super happy D and D experience? Um, yeah, I guess I'll just talk about like uh before like Harmon Town and everything just just cuz I don't know, maybe it's more pure, but there was um I was the DM in a group and this game also didn't go super long. Um but I had this cool idea for a guy who had like a bad guy who had his dungeon was like a crazy alchemical laboratory. So he was like a mad scientist alchemist kind of mm -hmm. guy. And he had like a fly chamber, you know, like the fly, the movie, the fly, the oh, teleporting okay. chamber. Right, and, right. And basically when the dudes get like, so there was like flesh golems with like chemical, like fusions and potion kind of things and magical living spells, you know, just weird kind of magical kind of mechanics for the dungeon. And then at the end, um, he, uh, you get to him when he's in at the fly chamber and he gets in the fly chamber um uh -oh. but there's like something I, I think it's a bunch of potions or something are in the other are in the other thing there just happened to be there and so well, he fuses with a bunch like of potions this. and becomes this big like hulk with a bunch of like potion tubes sticking out of his back so he can like invoke potion effects and spit different potion kind of effects and he's just like this big hulking kind of bane kind of monster on top of that that's just like kind of almost like a little bit like a beholder but more like breath weapons and potion effects just like randomly firing off between like punching people and um <laughs> it was a cool boss fight and then everyone's like we got this thing does anyone want to try to like fuse with stuff that guy was like fusing with stuff and oh so no people oh, just no. decided to <laughs> pick random magic items that they had and try to fuse with them and so one person <laughs> fused with the decanter of endless water and so he can like <laughs> blast water out of his body and someone fused with a, the like the, the, the real joy was that someone fused with a bag of holding and oh. because we're like teenagers or whatever we were like okay your butthole is a bag of holding and so people were like stuck like he would just stuff everything into his butt you know and it's and it was just it was just he was like it was really funny because we just go around and he'd like stuff everything in his butt and it was just 
like it was just a lot of fun and we, we, everyone was being like fused with i could never have guessed that i just thought it was a cool kind of boss setup you know and it was just like and this is like and that's the thing it's, it's hard to explain to people but that's what's cool about D D is it's mm -hmm. that doesn't happen in a video game it's stuff that it's you can never expect it and it's really unique and specific and cool and it's even kind of hard to explain because it's so specific to the circumstances right. and being there and stuff that that is just these these really specific moments you know and i think that's yeah. like so it was really pure and really awesome it's just like, I, it's a big, I, yeah. I mean i don't know i think pure i yeah no with the butthole but no i mean that's wonderful i when you said oh there's a fly chamber i was going to a really dark place mm -hmm. um, so i'm really glad it was like yeah that's very pure indeed um <laughs> Yeah, I am. It's a real joy to talk to you because I've been really kind of steeped into this thing called the Grimdark, which is the Warhammer setting. Mm -hmm. Have you ever dabbled in the Grimdark? Not specifically. I mean, I've followed Warhammer 40k, you know, on and off. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a scholar in it, but I did like the Grimdark isn't something that rings a bell to me other than just, you know, obviously it's been described as Grimdark 40k. Yeah, oh, yeah. So. I guess, yeah, my language is bad. I guess I, it's just the, it, the setting is kind of without hope and yeah it's 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 almost comic like it's it's almost funny how crazy it is i know i know so this is an absolute joy you're bringing the joy back into my life <laughs> um i loved you had a description of D, &D as a world simulator mm -hmm. so could you speak on that a little bit i just thought that was a really sweet yeah way. and honestly okay so so let's preface this by saying i think that this to me is a little bit of a weakness and like a myopia that i don't think is necessarily good and i'm kind of trying to to question it a little bit as an ethos but in dnd i would all because okay because dnd spurred from playing pretend and for us playing pretend was role-playing just without knowing that role-playing games existed and had set rules that involved dice and certain kind of precedented mechanics so because of that i would just become the dm and people would say i do this and i do that and i would just be like that seems like it would work it works so like literally anything that's and so it's like it seems like you probably could block an attack sure you do you know yeah, where yeah. If it's like but it's like that's impossible you can't like you can't jump 40 feet in the air for no reason you know and so so but but basically everything people wanted to do that to me seemed like it would functionally make sense in my simulation of this pretend world as i saw it as a fourth grader or whatever you know um it would it, it would happen and so like that's that's kind of how i carried on it's like what this is is it's, i'm trying to like simulate this real world with consequences and the characters don't exist to service the players they're real breeding characters with lives and needs and yeah. if you grab one by the shoulder and decide to ask him 50 questions in a row while he's on the way to work he's not going <laughs> to answer every one of them he's going to be like dude i gotta get to work and it's not because he's suspicious and it's not because i'm the dm trying to hide information from you it's because to me it's unreasonable that the person yeah. wouldn't do that right yeah. um and so that that's kind of like a world sim and, and similar you know like i think people would get on on harmontown like sometimes like aaron would have ideas ideas that I would be like, no, that doesn't work. Because again, I would be like, this doesn't make sense to me. Like yeah. physically I'm, I'm simulating it. It's like, that wouldn't happen the way you think it would. So it's not going to work. But when you think about it, so again, questioning this, this, this ethos, like I was saying, it's like, it's fake. It's, it's mm -hmm. fake. It's all made up and it's all made up for the purposes of having a good time with your friends and doing kind of cool, fantastical stuff. So if it can be cool and interesting and you're playing to that, 
when it breaks against the simulation, that could be really good. So that's kind of like a blind spot I would have is not seeing those opportunities. And I think those opportunities are there. Sometimes, why bother making the guy walk off because he has to get to work? It doesn't <laughs> matter to simulate that. Like, maybe it'll be a lot more helpful. And like, again, like when you get into the situations where it's like, oh, this guy's hiding someone or something, or the DM doesn't want to reveal this information, you send the wrong signals. And it's like, no, I'm not trying to send those signals. And so it's like, yeah, you can break the simulation when you want to send the right signals or you want to kind of encourage the kind of play, because at the end of the day, you're facilitating a kind of gameplay, right? Um, you know, and, and you want to want to do it in a way that helps everybody um and so like that's that's a way of kind of like broken against that idea a little bit but 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 i do think there is value in in being like yeah you're not the center of the world just because you're the heroes of the story doesn't mean everyone's gonna like bend over backwards to help you out and to to sacrifice their interests and stuff right. you know i i think that's that's a fine balance to strike uh, spencer two of your answers already could have been youtube videos with their own <laughs> subjects like this isn't it's so good like it's really oh, great yeah it's great to see how your brain works. You are oh, back yeah. for money, my friend, and I'm not even paying you. Although I, I am going to send you a gift. Um, Thank you. That's also, Erin awesome. um, um, was, I went through a terrible breakup mm -hmm. maybe four or five years ago before COVID lockdown. And I started a podcast called Girls on Tour Podcast, where mm -hmm. I interview uh, like inspirational women. And I was like, you travel. Let's talk about what you take when you travel. She was one of the people that was like, sure, you can interview me. So she kind of helped build me up to be able to like email my favorite DM in the world. So thanks to Erin. <laughs> uh -huh. um, so um, you do a lot of writing now. You have lots of creative projects, like you do all the things. So I was just wondering, like, was this, this crucible where you were a dungeon master that did writing for D&D &D, and then you kind of began to work with Dan and now you do everything and D&D. &D. So how did you working closely with Dan, like lend into your writing? Like, do you now use a story circle when you're writing D and D or like, how did it all meld together? Uh, so I think that like, I don't know. I think that it's, it's kind of subtle. The, a lot of the stuff that I've learned from, from working with Dan and stuff, just because I think the most valuable stuff that I got was from sitting in the writer's room in seeing how various people talked about it in terms of critiquing like finding flaws with this and that story and thinking about oh this is a flaw but this might be a fix and then if you're thinking about a flaw be thinking about different dynamics and just like like being being critical and, and analyzing different stuff and like how to kind of how to kind of deconstruct and talk about various elements of stories because mm -hmm. a lot of creative stuff is just hard to talk about because the jargon might not be fully developed or it might be very personalized or it just might involve concepts that are hard to put into words like it's hard to talk about visual concepts with words because they're visual they're not words you know right. i could say a line and that could mean a million different things uh -huh. but um like i think i think like just just learning how to talk about it helps you know how to think about it and then when you're thinking about it and you think the right thought when you're on the on a certain problem that can lead to like a breakthrough and and i don't know so i think like i've been i've been i've been really helpful at helping other people analyze stories and give notes and stuff and break down what might not be working and that's that's been from like analyzing that and i think i've also learned a lot just about characters because the story circle is fundamentally about like making the character central to what's happening and and i think that's a big part of 
everything. I think it comes into D&D a lot too, um, but maybe in D&D you can get a... No, I think it is a big D&D lesson. But this is like, you can't tell story without characters unless you're using a narrator, you know, and a narrator's character. <laughs> so <laughs> like, because like I always say like, this is writing stuff, but if the bank is going to take your house, there's no bank that walks in and takes your house. Right. Either the dad says the bank's going to take our house or some guy says, I'm the bank manager and I'm going <laughs> to take your house. Like either way, that's a character. It's the dad or the bank guy, but it's a character. It's not the metaphysical concept of the bank, which in our lives, that's what it is. We're not thinking of a character. Like we're like, I owe the bank, you know? Um, so like to, to sell concepts and to explain exposition, you really need characters. And a lot of times that can be NPCs. Um, and so like a big lesson for me is just like, yeah, just have, have, NPCs for everything. Always be introducing NPCs that you can use later. Like, cause you need you need NPCs to explain stuff. So always be putting there and make the the people kind of comfortable interacting with them on some level. Right. So you know they start to progressively go like, can you tell us what's going on? And you don't have to like yeah. like be like, ah, oh, <laughs> red solstice is upon us, you know, or whatever, and like kind of force it. You know, if they have investment in a character. Yeah. Then they're like, oh, you're sighing? Oh my God. You know, and then it's like, oh, I have a problem, you know. Yeah. And so I think that was a big thing. And that's big in writing too, is just characters. It's and it's not how I think, because mm -hmm. in D D, I think about maps and metaphysical concepts and cool monsters and traps and puzzles. <laughs> like I don't right. yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't I th I think the players will bring the characters and I will respond right. to those characters, you know, but but thinking about and so it's actually been really weird kind of transitioning as a writer to like kind of exclusively trying not to think about characters at all. And I hate conflict um, because, you know, I'm a passive terrified person. So I, I just, mm -hmm. I, I hate conflict. So thinking about conflict, which is the basis of like storytelling writing is like really stressful and hard for me. So like, but, but learning, you know, from Dan and stuff has thought, taught me a lot more about trying to think in those dimensions that you tend not to have to go uh into well not you have to but i tended not to go into because that was not my like most compelling interest was like this overarching story i yeah. i would make the stories too big and then the the players would never get through them before i would burn out so right yeah no i i i love um i you know i heard somewhere that you like to kind of come up with like a cool concept and then that like this i want this to happen i want there to be a fly chamber and then so it sounds like you kind of got these extra onion layers and levels now to play with. So that's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. yeah it's, it's great because I think a lot of people come into D&D &D and then they will either be a character or, or, or a DM. And it's a pretty constant level. Like, this is how I do it. So I just think it's great that you got exposed to that world and then you could meld it all in. You went into the fly chamber. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here are a couple of like just dumb quick questions. Mm -hmm. So I quite often enjoy watching you sit in your car eating delicious food. Sure. Not as creepy as it sounds. I pay to do it. Not as creepy as that sounds. It's part of your offering. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, but like, uh, are there any must have snacks when you're, D and Ding, and is there anything that people eat at the table? You're like, this is too gross. Please, no. Is everything no, acceptable at your table? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think like if you have a whole meal, even like ramen, take soup. a Blake. 
But yeah, like I'd say just take a break and eat, you know, not not eat during like if it's a whole meal. But I think that's fine to even take a break and eat like a full or yeah, like, you know, in the past, sometimes we would cook like food as a group and or like some of us would and then other people would come up and then we'd all eat and then we'd play, you know, yeah. and like I think there's there's a lot of room for that. And I don't I don't I don't think about snacks. Um, I never bring them. And then I'm always like, I wish I had them. You know, other people have traditionally picked up on that or like, you know, like brought their own snacks or brought snacks for the group or whatever. So yeah. I never really had to. But um, yeah, I always think of like, I'm the DM. Someone else think of snacks, you know? Yeah, they should. <laughs> Honestly, that is really valid. That should be tribute. The DM should at least be fed. It's so weird. Like for some reason, how I came into like D&D, however it was, I kind of learned that you bring your own snacks and, you know, everyone, oh, they bought their thing. I bought my thing. I have, so. Man, that's some good stuff, huh? <laughs> Guys, it's me. It's Spencer. Um, so I'm here to interrupt the episode that was going so good before I got there and ruined it. You know, the, 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 the sparks were flying between Spencer and Mira and then Spencer shows up to fuck it all up. Jesus Christ. But you know, we got to pay the bills. So, uh, yeah, let's get it on with some ads. Hello, I'm Old Man Crittenden, owner of Old Man Crittenden's Old Tommy Old Lemonade. That's right, we dry age our lemons until they're crumbly as your mama's eraser dust. And then we wring them into water and squeech them into the cup. And even then, we take them, swirl them, and keg them for two years until it's just old enough to taste. That's right. Get some Old Man Crittenden's Lemonade down here at Old Man Crittenden's Lemonade Emporium. We got lemonade in all sorts of things, from buckets to barrels to old shoes. That's right. Old Man Crittenden's Lemonade Emporium, now with 20% less feet. Use the promo code Goblin Flakes for 15% off your first silo full of old time lemonade today. Hey guys, it's me, Spencer. You know, we talk a lot about mental health on this podcast and we like to joke, but there's actually something serious I wanted to talk about for once. Mental unhealth. Mental unhealth is just as important and valuable. And if you start now, you can try mental health three for no money down. Just uh, give us your credit card. I promise nothing's going to happen. Mental unhealth. Just go, you know, batshit crazy for a while. Punch a hole in the wall. Yell at stuff. Just go attack trees. Tilt at windmills. Mental unhealth. It's highly underrated. In today's fast-paced world, you need mental unhealth. Use the promo code GOBLINFLAKES to get 40% off your first case of bipolar disorder. If you act now. That's right. <laughs> Just in case you didn't think I was involved, trust me, I was a big fan of mental unhealth before they were an advertiser. <laughs> My favorite thing? Anxiety. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know, I'm you, we got to advertisers are important. But now that that's over, we can get back to the show. And uh yeah, I hope you're digging it good style. <laughs> 
favorite Dungeons and Dragon monster. Sorry, I have to ask. Yeah, it's got to be mind flares. I didn't have to think very. Really, long. they're so yeah. scary. Yeah. Um. So third edition was when I was really hitting uh D and D the hardest. Like I was the youngest and the most kind of drenched in it. Mm. I had tons of splat books and had more as like pirated PDFs and stuff. But one of the books I had early on was the Lords of Madness, which was a deep dive into I want to say four to six different aberration types. There was grells and beholders and aboliths and uh mind flayers and neogi i guess there's more there's maybe like eight uh and a couple others i can't remember they've fallen out of like popularity and i can't remember their names but they would be really in depth they would be like uh biological anatomic anatomical like writings like like Ugh. like explaining like oh this is the seromorphosis process of the mind flare and explaining how their society worked and have these big city maps and and broke it all down and and just all sorts of stuff and just like aberrant mind flares and they did this for beholders and everything and i just like the mind flares just really sucked me in for whatever and i just always i thought they were really cool oh you know what so in in final fantasy tactics which is a video game for the playstation uh -huh. you fight a creature that is just a mind flare um and it looks like a mind flare except it has a squid tail coming out of the back of the head as opposed to like a rounded kind of octopus head right um but it was just it's called a mind flare and you fight it and i was like that's the coolest thing and then when i found out that was in D, &D i was like ah <laughs> so i think that's like, that's actually but the lord of the madness was like a really cool i really like felt like I, i'm i'm yeah. a mind flare expert you know i think mind flares are having a renaissance because they were a stranger thing they were in stranger things and m most recently the mandalorian um mm -hmm. one of the scientists just got put in the not the mind flare but it's a machine so <laughs> like it's coming back it's coming back yeah. um okay and then sorry i'm just rattling through my it's question good. don't worry about it um i'm ju i'm just a nervous person so it's kind of <laughs> good knowing that you also have these nervous moments so oh yeah just show my vulnerability mm -hmm. um when you are when you are like doing monster voices have you ever ha felt like you need to kind of play into character voices and did, where do they come from? I'm really, really bad at voices. I, I've always been bad at voices. I remember being in like middle school and my friends would do impressions and like voices as part of their like joke around humor. Uh -huh. And I was like, this is incredible how did he do this like it's just like <laughs> it just felt impossible it just seemed like some something that couldn't be done to alter yeah. someone's voice i felt like i I've, this is something i thought more of lately but i feel like i think so hard about what i'm gonna say that it's like it all builds up and then it just explodes out of my mouth that i can't even like it's not a matter of what my mouth is doing how my voice sounds it's like that's not it's just completely random it's hard to replicate yeah. it's just like and so like i feel like i don't put a lot of intentionality into that and so like like character work is exactly that i've been very you know from harmontown and stuff and i've been trying to do a little bit better but even just sticking character or like what a character's voice does in different stuff like in different moods mm. and different like volumes is like i it's really past my expertise so really it's just kind of fucking around and trying stuff is the yeah. only thing like i i do because it's like i'm not gonna nail this i'm gonna forget and lose the voice i'm gonna forget what these prison sounds like like it's gonna happen over and over but <laughs> i i i guess uh, uh the only 
this is so stupid but you know i have the gnome voices like maybe the only yeah. voice i have other than like the low voice which is that gnome voice made you a lot of money voice. sure i mean yeah. i like it but it's just you know it's not really anything it's just like ah you know it's i just, prefer the gnome ads to normal yeah. voice ads but i mean i really look forward to it because you knew when there was going to be like a put upon npc what he would sound like if you were doing him so i really look forward to the different voices you pulled well, yeah, most of my NPCs are put upon, but <laughs> I, think, I think that the gnome voice came from, and this is so stupid, but uh, Jimmy Neutron was a cartoon oh, yes, that I didn't yeah. even really watch. Like, I, 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 everyone watched it. I didn't love it. I mean, you know, you can watch anything if it's on, but like, mm. I, I, it wasn't like something I liked, but, but at the end, they had a production card for like a studio because it was like made in CG. And so this was like the, like the 3D animation studio that made the show or whatever. And it would be like a monkey with three eyes. I think and and the monkey would it was 3d animated and it was he would go hi I'm Paul and I think that like it's not quite the voice but I think like that kind of is where I'm, I'm centering the voice around I was like what's going on you know that, that <laughs> it, and then just kind of it's not exactly how Paul would do it I'm sure but that's that's Paul what, like, spoke to your soul yeah yeah oh <laughs> yeah. that's wonderful and yeah. um if I was to sing here I am. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that is. <laughs> D fans, I don't think this is a DD thing. I think um, this might be something else. So basically, when I do videos, <laughs> I, I write a theme song uh -huh. for every video. Oh, yeah. What I do is I find like a really um, epic like orchestra mm -hmm. like really thing and then i sing a dumb song over it so wow yeah so i am gonna sing a song for me interviewing you and do you have any uh hints or tips or is there anything you'd like me to include i was trying to find a rhyme to crittenden mm -hmm. hitting them <laughs> yay i don't know um <laughs> The, the movement pencil will write this down <laughs> it's a nice pencil thank you uh, <laughs> and um singing singing in your uh, D, D games and in your daily life do you sing uh just yeah, just a little bit don't know, sure, i yeah. was trying to tease you into singing a famous song and you know what the song is Stop yeah singing. it's it's a it's not a it's not a good song it's a weird <laughs> acapella no comedic song agree. that i didn't come up with i you know i i don't know it's i don't want it to reflect of it was not my idea like it's no, just some I, weird I, we can leave it there if you it's, know you it's know. not even it's probably not problematic i don't think it is i don't know it's just it's i thought it was really funny to just completely leave you hanging in front of an audience that presumably would not you see i know like, what you were doing i'm super flushed this will be <laughs> one of those moments most watched moments <laughs> well yeah. i said to my friend I think I'm gonna sing in front of front of Spencer, and sure. either he'll join in or leave me hanging, and either will be funny. So I can sing with you, just not on that. I don't think that's a good song for us. Oh my gosh, what could we sing together? I, I I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. It's not the singing that I that I take issue with. No. Um. Do you ever like write songs or like for fun or for your campaigns or anything? Is it part of your like Spencerdom? No, I think I think I naturally um. 
you know, I I think a lot of people they kind of mess with lyrics on their own in part because they don't know the lyrics. They're just like, what could it be? Just messing around, you know. Mm-hmm. And I do that, and you know, sometimes when I'm messing around, like having fun, I try to do parodies of of songs and stuff. Um, not like full blown, but you know, just of certain lines, and then just kind of like messing around and be like and sing them like that. I, I it would be this would be a perfect opportunity to have some sort of example, but I don't. <laughs> um, well, I mean, but, I yeah. always always play bards. I have like I think it's my first ever bard mini. Mm-hmm. She was called Fickle. <laughs> She's incredibly badly painted. Um, I like so, that. Like when things are kind of slowing down, like. I quite, and this is why I'm a horrible DM. Sometimes I'm like, there's this karaoke village challenge. If anybody sings, maybe you will get an inspiration point. And wow. some people really hate that. So mm-hmm. That's um, funny. I think uh, a lot of times because I'm just struggling to kind of validate my existence. I'm like, I, we could sing a funny song together. And it's like my go-to. She's a very strange go-to, but well, you make a song for every episode. I this is this is clearly yeah. So this is your domain. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. It just makes me happier because I think people will be like, "What the hell happened?" Or they'll just laugh. So yeah, I've been I've been trying to like I don't know. I've been hanging out with my friends, and sometimes they'll play music, and my friend has a dog named Haley, and you know it's the classic thing to just like put dogs and songs and stuff. Yeah, but I've been just trying to like just kind of like rap. Or like come up with like songs where it's just kind of with whatever music's going on. Like, I'm the Haley dog. I'm here to eat, and I want to get all of the meat, get it off the table and in my mouth. You know, and just like, just kind of like that. You know, just like that that kind of thing. Just kind of messing around. Just kind of vaguely musical. It doesn't usually yeah. you maybe get three couplets in before <laughs> you collapse. But it's just you know messing around. I do stuff like that. You know, and you do yeah. that with good paradise stuff. It's just basic. You know, just fucking around. I don't know. Yeah, you have good wordsmithery, so I guess you know that helps when you're doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think you just got to be quick. Thank you for joining in that section. I love you even more. (laughs) You're wonderful. Um, I was going to just mention how much I love Spencer dance and I pull that out at weddings and stuff. So Mm. thank you. That's impressive. I got to see that. That sounds great. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I think there's a video of me pulling out (laughs) at a wedding and people moving away from me. Yeah, I mean, I think you're a danger to others if you're doing that dance. I think it's a it, it doubles as a self defense move. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I will. I will see if I can send you the video. Um, awesome. Uh, do you play any board games? I mean, no. I think so. I think the the tip my my typical routine with board games is like someone's like we should play a board game. They get a board game. Um. You know, I'm spending the whole time vaguely learning how to play and I'm way behind because I don't know what's going on. Mm. And then we stop and we never play the board game again. If we ever hang out again, we play a completely different board <laughs> different game. One. And so yeah. it's like I'm always just way behind. And it's like that doesn't feel great. It's like, mm. you know, if it were more constant in the same game and I could get get up on it a little bit, that'd be different. But it always feels and then in the past, a lot of times I've noticed that people are really bad at explaining games. I'm pretty good at explaining games. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. good at explaining stuff. I, I that's that's something I value. Like I try really hard. Um, but it's really hard to learn a new game when someone is bad at explaining it mm. and doesn't just want to let me kind of like process it on my own. Because, <laughs> but also it can be hard to just read it and do it. You know, it's like that's why it's really helpful to have someone who's good at explaining games. And again, I'm good at that. So like, you want me at a game night when there's new games because I'll know what to say. 
what mm-hmm. not to say, what to just get started with, what needs to be said before. Like I, I'm a, I'm a fucking genius. I like your your <laughs> viewers should understand. They should understand. Feel. That's why I was so excited to have you on. <laughs> but so but and so so it just it taps into a lot of things that are insecurities or annoyances and so it's like i'm just gonna gonna Mm -hmm. avoid it if i can but but i don't have a lot of big gamey friends either you know to get into it with so well i was gonna talk like you're very kind of hollywood adjacent just by your geography right Mm -hmm. so what we've witnessed over the past few years is like this resurgence of popularity with dnd yeah like peak threshold now where like wizards of the coast are hiring in movie stars to come talk about new stuff and we have a whole D movie which i thought was really fun um, yeah i really liked it yeah oh yay what, what is, i mean i really hate the displacer beast even uh-huh. just to play i i it gives me the willies as we say in the uk yeah. <laughs> so i was like i didn't like it i love that they jumped into a gelatinous cube i love that they had the hasbro um cartoon kids in there as well mm-hmm. um what did you like about it i'm so happy because i have some cynical friends who were like mm. but i thought it's really fun yeah i think that like I, I i think that it was just i did not have complaints i think you can make the argument it was predictable but i think that ugh, i don't know there's there's something that you could say is really heavily telegraphed to someone who uh would look for predictable things in the movie mm-hmm. there's there's something that happens in that movie and even that I think worked to me and the whole audience bought it. And I was like, if something can be that predictable and still work, right. then like, what are you mad about? And so it's like, I think that's the biggest flaws that I think you could say it's predictable, but it's great. I think like, I think, I think it's so hard. Are you good? Yeah. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, I'm having notifications. Good. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, don't worry. It's all good. I just wanted to make sure you didn't have to like take a call or something no it's good thank you but the DD is so specifically good and the humor and like the flavor of how DD adds to the story is so subtle and, and it's a hard balance to nail like like you know you see it on screen but if you were trying to like say like i want the movie to feel like this and like that about DD, yeah. you know it's like how do you actually land that plane and i think they did it's a really crazy balance that they managed to strike i think it's just so fun and so freaking funny that mm. I think any minor complaints you have, you you get past. And again, I think the main thing is predictable. But yeah, it's like it's a D and D campaign. I'm sure a bad guy's gonna come, and we're gonna have to deal with them. You know, like yeah, so. Yeah. I like it's like <laughs> what do you expect? You know, um. And so, but but it doesn't. What I was just realizing the other the other day was that it's really cool that it doesn't go super deep into lore that's hard to parse, which is what people associate with D and D, and right. what I like to try and promote is not D&D like it's not like that's what's fun about my D&D is you don't have to know like 400 years ago the wizards conspired you know um like like you could just be like I'm gonna fart on the Pope or whatever (laughs) like it's just it's silly and that was the kind of D&D you saw in that movie yeah you know but but also it's just like you know a displacer beast we we someone might say what it is and then we see it yeah, you know yeah, yeah. you you they 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 name check the morden kynan's arcane seal and it's yes. not like you guys know morden kynan and you see him spending years perfecting the seal it's no you yeah, say yeah. the seal if you know what it is it's fine if you don't you get it's a magical lock of some kind it's a barrier you know and it's like nothing nothing needed explaining like that you know mm-hmm. like if in a, you know you'll probably realize like you go think about anything you see a bird man 
you don't have to know it's an Aarakocca and that they no. hail from whatever. It's like, no, it's a freaking Birdman. His name is Jarnathan. <laughs> you know, it's like it's fun. That's what I mean. It's Jarnathan. It's funny. It's like it's funny the right way. If there's like there, there's a there's a runner with potatoes, and I was like, that's kind of a hacky joke. But it's like not every joke is perfect. But like I yeah. think it's it's just so fun and funny, and it's confident, and I think it's just. Ah, there's just there's some huge laughs and i and i okay, think it really yeah, sells yeah. what's fun about D. &D. i don't know there's like <laughs> this is the joke i don't know how intentional this was i want to know what you think of it because you saw it but there's a lot of sequences not sequences there's a lot of shots there are these wide giant shots of travel that are these interstitial like oh we're going from here to there and so yeah, it'll yeah, be yeah. usually three or four shots that's like oh big big forest a uh, volcano giant mountain mm -hmm. the idea being like in D D, we travel over these vast crazy right. biomes right and it's very fantastical but at, 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 at a point you keep seeing them and I was like, this feels like a joke. It feels like, okay, we're going to see three of these shots and then we're going to be somewhere else. It was like, it's funny because, but that also is the idea is we got to go there. We got to go all the way back and we got to go all the way back. And it felt like a tongue in cheek joke that might not even register as a joke and just felt like a beautiful fantasy pastiche, but also, and it's like, that's, that's what I feel like. It's just like, you're, it's, uh, it was just so fun. It was just so fun. I mean, that's so interesting. My um, flatmate Fiona, who like loves loves uh, RPG, she does a whole podcast on one shots and stuff. Mm -hmm. She came home and she was like, um, "I kind of would have liked had they stayed in one place and really like explored the crap out of it. Like, you know, it felt like a lot of like, oh, we're here, we're there." And I'm kind of cynical, so I'm thinking, "Okay, Underdark, so that's going to sell out of the abyss. Okay, we're here now, so that's going to sell." I know because. I love D&D, but I'm aware that they will not miss a marketing opportunity. Um, but, but also D&D is about going to disparate places back and forth right. and just seeing seeing a bunch of different, like, it's kind of like, it's, I don't know if you play Minecraft, but an underrated part of Minecraft is it is kind of weird that you have this mount, like you have a desert and then mm -hmm. right next to the desert is a giant glacier. And then right, right next to that is a rainforest. It's like, yes. When you're playing a video game it's like you just kind of take it for granted but that is kind of silly and in D is the same way you know and I, and I think that that's a cool thing to showcase and campaigns are often structured like that too where it's not like we're not really getting into the mechanics of the water deep economy or whatever it's like yeah no we're seeing true. these big splashy tropes and we're getting out and it's not yeah, it's yeah. not complicated and and i and again like i think that's like they want to showcase this is a fun i feel like it's this poker night thing it's like it's it's fun it's silly it's crazy you know mm -hmm. it's it's not it's not you know 400 years ago wizards conspired yeah <laughs> like, no i love the tongue-in-cheek stuff and the way you were describing like the shorthand so oh you see a creature with wings like i from that paladin's performance i know exactly what a paladin is like, Ex like that's exactly what that i was, mean yes that was so great and um i really i felt like whoever wrote and made it they they did it with love for the game and they got it and th the amount of easter eggs I was just so happy that somebody was like in a props department, like bringing all the things in. I I enjoyed like, uh, I'd never heard of the staff that does the portals. Yeah. And I was wondering if that was real or not. Well, I was thinking, Oh, that's so like Rick and Morty, like, come on. And then obviously the game portal and stuff. Right, I was going to say that it's like, it's really the game portal. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Right. But Hey, um, we're kind of aligned in these ways. Um, yeah. But I just, the joy, I mean, that's for me, it's the joy of D&D. &D and, and yes, there are stat blocks. And I really rely as like, kind of like very bad with numbers crunch. And I always look with admiration at min maxes. 
I don't know if you've mm-hmm. ever had the misfortune to play with them at your table. But, yeah, um, the main character guy was a min-maxer also. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I remember <laughs> this one one uh, min-maxer guy and he was some kind of fighter and he had a special bow, which meant like he could attack like eight times <laughs> with this bow and like do so much damage. It ruined the game. So then the DM put him in like a box of like walls of force and he couldn't get... Anyway, it became this whole battle between an overpowered player and the DM, like two guys and the rest of us were like maybe we'll order more food while this plays out over three hours so um what do you do when you have naughty naughty that's a terrible word what do you do when you have like disruptor core players at your table um so dnd is a I social mean, game I have so watched, as a result solutions are going to be you, yeah but i have very... watched you deal with incredibly drunk players mm-hmm. but i mean i guess you could do the irish goodbye on those players well, I just, I'm very passive. I don't know. I kind of just put up with it and I don't think yeah. that's the right thing to do. That is generally how I, I deal with it is I kind of just deal with it. I would say if like someone was writing me on my podcast that has ended, you know, but you could still check it out. It's on YouTube. I don't know, whatever. But, you know, I would say, you know, you should talk to them outside of the game at a time that was comfortable and say you know like and and don't be accusatory you know you could you could try and bring that like oh it's so fun and this is awesome and you know there's the compliment sandwich or whatever you know the idea that you don't go like hey the way you play is wrong you know you go like hey you know it's so fun doing this and i love this and that and then there's this you know and and also it's it's important to kind of you give the person a way out, you know, like a way to save face is like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure you didn't mean to, or this probably just my, like, what I like to do is like, <laughs> I phrase it like, look, man, I'm a fucked up guy. I'm a broken person. I'm incomplete. I, I'm helpless. I need help. I'm so broken. I need you to help. Otherwise, I can't carry on. I'm so crazy that I just see this one little thing and it would help me so much. So it's like, it's not you are fucking up. It's like, I just, yeah, I am the problem. I need to let me just talk about this. And I I think that might be a really blatant lie, but that might be the social veneer you need to kind of broach the issue or whatever. But, you know, I think because you have to talk about it, you have to talk about it openly. You need to not Mm -hmm. engage the other person's defense mechanisms. And, you know, you got to hopefully work together to a solution. And maybe there's a solution. Maybe the person, you know, maybe the person, sometimes like the person has a, a, a different problem that might be related to it. And so it's like you're not even just like bopping them on the nose you might be helping them in a different way as well or you know right. maybe it actually helps them in their they might seem like it but they're not having a lot of fun or maybe they think they're having fun but they're not you know i don't know you know i'm not trying to second guess other people's minds but you know yeah. it's just it, it can be helpful to talk about problems but you have to just be a little delicate otherwise it can be hard to actually make progress thank you although sure. i do i do receive your point that the social aspect of D&D just the humans are just going to ruin it whatever we do well I just mean that there's no one solution because because what I just described you could be like yeah but you don't know Carl Carl hates that and what (laughs) Carl needs is if you just if you punch him in the stomach and then say whatever you need to say in German it works (laughs) yeah it's like like i'm not i understand that like not like you can ask for questions but without knowing you your friends how they are like you can never get too perfect of an answer you Mm -hmm. know but but overall it comes to you know just the basics of human communication i always like to say that that most 90 plus percent of human problems are start are are caused by miscommunication and then the others are like 
different value systems like you and, know yeah and carl could just I be hate. an asshole yeah exactly so, that's um, a value system you know he values being an asshole it's like you could be communicating <laughs> perfectly to carl and he's an asshole and so it's not going to solve your problem yeah but 90 percent of the time it is going to be a miscommunication yeah you know probably exacerbated by carl being an asshole but you know <laughs> i i love this carl character okay um so yeah so i sidetrack myself but so hollywood adjacent we have this beautiful movie that you and i really enjoyed and um how do you feel about suddenly D D is it's kind of like it's not like a little secret anymore it's you know out in in every normal everyday shops have like D D stickers and there's food with D D on it now and yeah just how does it feel like to be out in the light i guess uh i think it's mostly good um you know i'm not gonna lie i'm a toxic person um i i do resent a little bit in a weird gatekeepy way it's like man everybody used to say i was a fucking loser like if i came along 10 years later i could have done basically the same thing but have been seen way differently by society right you know and so it's like what come on like now you don't even have to sacrifice being cool to do the things you like you know mm -hmm. which which is good but it's like, man, I wish I would have like benefited from that, you know? And, and then the other thing is just like, in terms of toxic jealousy, it's like, man, I wish I was more centrally involved to this explosion that's happening. I wish I could profit more from it. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, I feel like obviously, I don't know. I truly do feel there's a lot of things. The thing is like D and D live play podcasts are a lot older than people think. They just didn't catch on for for right. a long time. They're a really old form of podcasts, and podcasts are a pretty old medium, you know. Um, so like older than people think, you know. There's when podcasts became popular, but they were around for I think a decade before that. Wow, um, I didn't know that. I think the first one I stumbled across was Adventure Zone. Mm -hmm. So, but I didn't know that. Yeah. So D and D D and D big podcasts were Adventure Zone, Nerd Poker us um and then critical role and mm. i know adventure zone started playing dnd because we did and i know um, oh wow yeah and so like i do think we were pretty important you know not not the lead or anything but i think we were part of growing the scene to where it was and 100%. i don't think it was i don't think it was me but i think it was like but i think adventure zone was a lot more impactful but again adventure zone might not have done it or you know maybe they would have seen it otherwise but like i'm saying it's like podcasts there's these there's these really long old podcasts that just never got a lot of hits or whatever that are just these long old D, &D live play campaigns you know but but i think we were at least part of the wave and um but you know i think we kind so. of abandoned it uh to do harman quest and then you know we stopped doing D, D on the podcast and stuff and so like right as the wave was starting to crest like we we pulled back and i was like i wish i i should like try and do my own thing to try and stay in the D, &D scene and i never did and like i'm just like ah, it's all taking off and i feel like so so far from it and i feel like i could have just done better choices to like be more central to how the scene is playing out and i'm like it's fine i'm fine everybody uh, i'm well, fine but is, you know I, I'm, a, I'm a toxic person so i know you're a toxic person and you're dying but mm -hmm. i feel like this this um i'm hoping that this thing that we're experiencing whether it's like really cresting like you know it's this big ocean of dnd will just become like installed as part of like you have football you have soccer you have dnd and you know that pie chart i honestly believe 
there's so much pie to go around. Like if you ever feel like, hey, I'm dying, but I have like a, I took some vitamins this morning. Like there are places and things that people can always jump into, hopefully. That's the thing. It's like the scene is so healthy. I just am not really part of the scene and I'm not good at networking and stuff. And so it's like, it's really just being like, ah, uh, I guess what I'm seeing is my own like uh, weaknesses and being like, ah, this is right. I think if you did your own thing and even if it was like a quiet little thing, people would be desperate to kind of see and hear it because. Yeah. The, the reason maybe people were inspired by those Harmontown episodes is you just brought so much joy and laughter by playing D&D and being that permissive DM with the, the worldview. Oh, we can do anything. So that is still you. That's innate. You have the making magic. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I think, yeah, you, may, you, you have the power within you to make thousands of people happy. And you could do that for a table in your in your back you know in your garage or you could you know do whatever you wanted <laughs> sorry that was a little bit of a pep talk but that's okay no it's, it's also it's, like very selfish because if you create stuff i get to listen to it so sure yeah 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 but then i have to make it like I know. Who knows that's how the worst i hate editing stuff i hate like when you record podcasts and you have to go and chop stuff and like upload it mm. maybe if it only gets Jason. to be a lot after a while yeah, if yeah. only Jason could like help you out and <laughs> do those bits. I've been I've been training her on uh on using Premiere, so you know. Oh, there you go. Well, um, thank you so 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 much. It's just been yeah. so wonderful to talk to you, and thank you for going down all my silly uh yeah cul de sacs with me. Um, but yeah, I really really appreciate you. I'm gonna say goodbye and then stop the recording, and then we can say goodbye properly okay. after. So thank you so, so much, Spencer, for joining me. It was really great to talk. Oh, no, I have to do the thing. Spencer, is there anything you'd like to talk about or where can people find you online? Um, I'm at the Sixler on everything. Uh, I guess just join my Patreon, patreon.com slash the Sixler. I've been trying to do D&D stuff every month as well as other stuff. Um, but I don't know. I've been I've been slipping a little bit, but I'm trying to get back to doing it. Um, I, it's just different stuff like i have these little dungeons i have subclasses and uh it's uh it's it's a lot of fun i don't know well what's something interesting that i did recently uh i just made um i made a stand-up bard com like a stand-up comedian bard subclass that they kind of roast they roast the other enemy and they have like they they can they can do fire damage um basically they kind of like can debuff and then if their debuff results in the enemy failing at their task they can do fire damage to like add insult to in injury <laughs> and so yeah it's like a like a stand-up bard and I'm, I'm i think next month i'm coming up with a bunch of oozes i was just really inspired by a bunch of slime based based concepts Mm. um so like i was i was just thinking like of, of the idea of uh like slimes that they eat different precious metals and then you can hit them with hammers to like form them into the items and the slime like leaves the the metal <laughs> and then le and so it's like they're they're useful for forges because they're you know you could you could composite the exact kind of alloys you want and and form yeah. them the slime into the shape <laughs> i don't know so like just thinking of a weird so I, I try to do you know i've done some magic items i've done you know sample encounters that you can throw in like it's just done a lot of random stuff i don't know it's very fun for me to do 
Yeah. Um, and if you want to see what's going on, it's it's very fun. You know, it's very Spencery content, if that makes any sense. <laughs> like it's very yeah. it's very in my wheelhouse, yeah. and I think it's a lot of a lot of cool stuff. I agree, and I will put links to the stuff. And yeah. if I can figure out editing, I might be able to overlay some stuff you did. <laughs> be like, wow, cool. Um, but yeah. yeah, highly recommend Spencer. Thank you so so much for joining me. And yeah, nice to meet you. Bye. Yeah, thanks so much. See ya. And that was Mira Manga. Check her out, Mira Manga, on YouTube, M-I-R-A-M-A-N-G-A. -A -A. And I don't know. It's actually pretty weird to do this. I thought it would be funny to do this. And recording it is stranger than I expected it to be. So until next time. I don't know what Kevin does to prepare these episodes for air. So I don't know if I'm going to cut credits or if there should be credits or like an end song here. That Happens was filmed in front of a live studio audience of Jason the Cat and broadcast on the internet. That Happens, starring Spencer Crittenden, Kevin Day, executive producer Kevin Day, directed by Kevin Day, original music by Ryan Elder and Corey Gastonod-Geyer, original art by Kelly Fontecchio. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ThatHappensPod. Email us and we might read it out without reading it ahead of time at thathappenspod at gmail.com. Check out our website at thathappenspod.com. That Happens was produced in association with Schraub Home Video. That Happens LLC 2023. Legal stuff available on request. That Happens.